This is part two of what we are naming as locating oneself after a crisis and is a continuation of the same recording that has been bifurcated to form two parts as we felt that the second theme of what shape and form a reflective inquiry post the crisis could take had a different spirit to it. This bifurcation supports the process of first stepping into the invitation through part one, taking a pause, and then exploring different parts to inquiry through part two. Continue listening. Vivek, I'd like to offer more in the way of what is this inner work that people might need to do. And I, um, I resonate with you completely that we all are unique, different, and we all have different avenues that we can use to do this inner reflective work. Um, namely, to ask ourselves, how has this affected me? Uh, what, how am I coming out of this? What am I carrying with me? Um, what do I see in the horizon? What do I want to create for the horizon? What are my, my renewed definitions of life? So all these are questions that are worth being in, but one can use different avenues depending on one's own inclination and orientation and interest. One can use different avenues to explore these questions and to, to live these questions. Um, you can you can do it through art and culture. You can do it through your faith. You can do it through a relook at history. You can do it through your own spirituality. Um, but you know uh, there there is there is uh, there is another avenue for people who are uh, you know who find themselves um, visually motivated. Um, I would recommend a. a what I call a time travel visualization, um, which is, you know, imagine yourself 20 years from now. Um, imagine the moment in the day, the time of the day. Imagine the exact place where you can be. And imagine that you're having a conversation with either your grandchild or somebody who, who could be of your grandchild's age, um, you know, and, and imagine telling them the story of having lived through this and tell that story. And then you will find a way of, uh, in telling that story, you will get in touch with what are you carrying from this pandemic, from the second wave, from the first wave, how has it affected you? And imagine what kind of questions the grandchild or you know, in somebody who's in the image and likeness of your grandchild, what kind of questions might they be asking you? And how would you respond to those questions? Um, it, it's, it's a visualization exercise, particularly for people who like daydreaming or who like things visually. Um, it could be a very powerful exercise. And, you know, like when, when, when I was talking about this exercise, Vivek, I was thinking of, you know, um, the image uh, that I had for myself was I'm sitting on the steps of my uh, cottage where I've retired and Nia, my daughter, her daughter is sitting with me and it's, uh, it's midday and we both have lemonade in our, in our hands. We've just come back from a long walk in the woods 
and I'm telling her the story of how her mother and I were locked in our apartment for weeks together and how both of us made sense of that time um, and what I learned about her mother, what I learned about myself, um, what we saw around us, how we overcame these adversities, how it affected our life. So it's a it, that image is 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 marking the horizon for me in some way, um, and so it, it's it's my invitation that do this exercise and see what it might um, might throw up for you. Yeah, yeah, that could work for 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 some people. Um, I think it it has a way of really personalizing. You know, when when you have to really be with what's in your heart and and find a way to give some language to that. I yeah. That could work really well. And also, yeah. you know, all the other reflecting questions you named, um, those are all very, very sharp and, and useful. Hmm. Yes, I think so. Vivek, you know, I know you have touched on this and it's, it's interesting to me that I have now come to uh, hold it as my own. You know, in our in our first couple of podcasts where we were talking about coaching, you talked about our embodied experience of life, you know, how we live through our bodies. Um, might you say something about what we can all use from the embodied experience to inform this inquiry about where we find ourselves now and where we want to go? Um, yeah, so, so it's not just our mental sense of being that is experiencing life. It's also our physicality, our body, which goes through the life experience. Mm. And, and hence, it's, it's getting impacted all the time. Mm. And, and, and a way to, to touch into that, to locate that, can, can be with both our, our energy and our mood. Mm. Energy can be understood as, let's say, you know, you're, you're sort of a bright, cheery person when you wake up in the morning. Mm. And that's the energy you carry. Mm. But has something shifted in that? Mm -hmm. Do you, do others or do you yourself distinctly notice a, a different way in which you're showing up energetically? Mm. And what could that be about if it's an ongoing pattern? Mm. Um, mood is more... Um, more sort of, um, you know, um, it's it's not transitory. It, it's more set. It's more uh, stable. Mm. Uh, um, but but moods can also change. Um, mood would just sort of mean, you know, let's say, maybe somebody is is usually critical about whatever they are confronting, or someone else always has a very uh, sense of optimism around life. You know, and, and one has to then again start to notice is something shifting in that. Mm. Yeah, I think those are great access points, um, you know, to um, to figure out what you might be unconsciously carrying from from this whole experience. Uh, the mood of uh, the general mood one finds themselves living with, uh, the energy one might be carrying around. And and I think there are uh, Vivek. Them, uh, them. I might want to name, you know, some other ways that our bodies are trying to talk to us. Um, you know, lack of sleep. Um, sometimes just this agitation, 
um, you know, uh, sometimes aches and pains. Uh, you know, all these might be different ways that your body is trying to communicate, you know, its tiredness, its exhaustion, or its fear. Uh, you know, like we said, grief and, and distressing experiences change us forever. And so, you know, one way to locate oneself might be to get in touch with, uh, get more attuned with one's body and, you know, try and listen to what my body is trying to tell me. Because some, that's sometimes your unconscious talking to you yeah. and giving you those signals. Yeah. And, and what's also become important from a body perspective is that our movement has become severely limited. Mm. And if that's the world we're going to be, I don't know, for how much longer, Yeah. you know, the, the horizon of movement has shifted. Yes. Tragically. Yes. And one has to really... Um, you know, come to terms with that. Mm, mm. It'll vary from person to person, um, but that's also something really important to notice. Yes. Yes, I think, uh, Vivek, the word that came to my mind as you were using the word movement was, you know, I, I think this may have been the first time in our lives that we have all literally felt imprisoned in our houses. You know, it, something fundamentally shifted about our freedom being taken away and our movement being, um, uh, you know, being just cut off. And so, yeah, I think our bodies may be telling us in different ways what impact that had on us. Yes. There's another framework Vivek, that I wanted to mention um, that could be useful for people to use. And this might be, be might be for people who are more cognitively oriented, more analytically oriented. Um, and, uh, you know, this is that in, in the face of um, uh, distressing circumstances, in the face of traumatic circumstances, um, we respond from three different selves, or we could potentially be responding from three different selves. Um, this is what, you know, uh, one researcher calls as a fragmented psyche. Um, you know, one self is the, 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 the traumatic self or the distressed self, you know, which is, which is what we were mentioning earlier, the whole emotions of numbness and languishing and disinterest and fear and grief and anxiety. You know, this is what the, the self that is going through that distressing event, the unsettling uh, event. And then there is our survival self, you know, the way we try to survive those difficult circumstances. That's the survival self, which might be from just binge watching TV, you know, cooking, um, you know, some some may resort to, you know, addictive behavior like video gaming or drinking or, you know, it, you know, these are these are just the, the survival self that is somehow trying to survive these these difficult emotions, somehow trying to overcome them or or make them go away or escape them might be more appropriate. But then we have the healthy self and and the healthy self is the self that is much more resourceful. It's the reflective part of ourselves. 
It's the part of ourselves that can, you know, watch, step out of uh, itself and watch what's happening and witness it and observe it. Um, and the healthy self is much more real, you know, uh, what you talked about, you know, a grounded sense of reality. The healthy self has that. Um, and so the, the healthy self is the self that wants to do the work. The healthy self is the self that wants to um, bring more, more healthy ways of surviving something that's truly bad, uh, that's truly distressing. And I think the invitation we are making, you know, is for people to, to access the healthy self to see, you know, what was my distressed self going through? How was I trying to survive through it? And what is my health, what is this inquiry that my healthy self can engage in? Uh, you know, which can equip me better to live with uncertainty uh, and to, to, to think more about uh, how I want to live my life and what the horizon is looking like for me. Uh, what do you make of that, Vivek? Yeah, those are those are useful categories to to keep in mind and be watchful of where in which category we find ourselves. Um, and I don't know, one may be tempted to rapidly progress to a healthy self, but I, I don't think that they can be very they can be linear and you know all the way progression. One may sort of um, sort of swing back and forth through these categories till they find a more stable place uh, in the in the healthy self yeah uh, but it's, it's useful to start watching and to you know um, be careful of what is happening to us I think we've covered sufficient ground Vivek I trust you to be very precise you want to kind of quickly summarize all the facets that we've touched upon and then we can begin to look at concluding this conversation Okay, now that you've placed that responsibility on me. <laughs> um, I think essentially we're saying that life is in the middle of change and there is a great deal of anxiety, grief, etc. within us and out there. So it's, it's imperative that each one of us locates ourselves in terms of where we are emotionally, in, in the range of emotions we are living with today, and also locating how the horizon is, is shifting. Um, what is it that is showing up in life and hence um, to, you know, to start orienting towards that in a much more conscious way. And that that sense of becoming more conscious is, I think, the, the essential um, work and uh, message we want to put out there. Mm. Mm. And Vivek, I see that, you know, the con this conversation we've had, we've had it more at a, at a very human level. Um, you know, we haven't really spoken particularly to the corporate world you know the new the new uh, way organizations find themselves operating um, the challenges with work from home the pressures on people um, so I think we should dedicate another conversation 
in uh, in uh, addressing that. Uh, but we couldn't have done that without first talking to the human condition that we all find ourselves in. Yes, yes, and I think um, maybe what we're provoking is is a more fundamental conversation. Mm. I think some of the work from home and digital lifestyle, etc., conversations are happening, thankfully. Mm. Yeah. Um, and and they are useful, and I think uh, this this naming of what we've done um, happens with that, but I think at, at just a much more fundamental level. Yes, this is um, deeper and a fundamental inquiry into what it means to be human and what it means to be a human who's just gone through a crisis and how are we emerging from that crisis. Yes. I think this is a conversation about emergence, Vivek, isn't it? It is, it is, and, and we don't know what shape this will take in the next few months. Yeah. Um, exactly. We can each say a prayer and we'll figure out where we find ourselves. Yeah. But hopefully we are emotionally and mentally better equipped with in dealing with whatever lies ahead. Yes, yes. Yeah. So in conclusion, Vivek, I think I'm reminded of what Socrates said, that an unexamined life is not worth living. And Again, you know, it's one of those things that lies in philosophy books and philosophy um, sessions. But I think that invitation is so real and so compelling now that an unexamined life is not worth living. And I think what we are saying is that if we want our lives to be worthy, uh, we need to examine them. We need to examine what we've endured and where we are going, we need to be much more conscious of what this journey means for us. Yes, and be conscious of what is worthwhile now. Exactly. Yes. What is worthy of my attention now? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That's the conclusion. Well, um, well I hope everyone is taking good care of themselves and uh, We'll, we'll, um, we'll look forward to any comments you may have from this conversation and, uh, and be in touch. Yes, I hope so too. I, I, I hope everybody takes out time for self-care and this conversation is part of that self-care. It is provocative, but it is part of that self-care. And I hope that it is of some value to anybody who's listening to this conversation. Yeah.